Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Towns and countrysides are like seasons uh, of the road. I heard they put you in a for, for a fellow that has to hide from the road. Unpacking guns that can blow holes in the side So unless you and your buddies want to do your best, get away from her. I keep my distance. My eyes were forced past the world Romy occupied, where she vanished into darkness her radiant eyes fading like the moon behind thick clouds. I wanted to reach out to her, plead with her to run, but somehow I knew she wouldn't. She was already in for the proverbial dime and was more than ready to pony up the impending dollar, especially now that I was dead or whatever I was. There was a starkness to the burgeoning sights, A cloying plainness that offset the weirdness of looking beyond death. That is, if I really was dead. My intuition suggested otherwise. An infinitesimally small impression of activity within my chest. The softest whisper of living breath. A forest softly melted out of the dullness. Unfolding with a bizarre geometry that belonged more to a city of straight lines than a living, breathing location. Everything was white. The sky, every inch of the trees, the earth, the sun overhead. I felt cold. Freezing, in fact. But it didn't cause pain. It was like being cold, rather than feeling cold. The sensation was becoming me, absorbing me into a single mass of confounded numbness. I lingered in this state till I felt something approaching me, something colder and paler than anything I'd been exposed to thus far. The presence had the effect of reinstating me as it drew closer, the cold reconnecting me with my original senses. Breath, or some icy approximation of it, moving into my lungs, affording me a voice. The presence spoke first. I generally abhor surprises, 
for they merely showcase my ignorance. But when I first observed you lying in that mess that was once a woman, your cold eyes searching, I forgave myself the lack of foresight. Besides, not even one such as myself could have anticipated a wakeless to find its way to me. As the voice concluded, I was whole enough to turn my head towards the speaker. A huge woman stood before me, bloated, testing the seams of the soiled white gown she wore. Her face swelled with death, disproportionate, discolored, and asymmetric, the clumsy efforts of meandering rot. Yet the two tones of unclean gray, both light and dark, played across her exposed flesh like marbling, supplying her with a spoiling and ironic beauty. And while she appeared as a bloated corpse, she exuded authority, maybe even divinity. She stood beneath the misty white sun where it burned cold and awful through the ivory tree branches, their limbs heavy with some bleached, withered fruit. Can't say I'm not surprised either. I'm an atheist, after all, so I wasn't exactly expecting an afterlife much less one that looked anything like this. And then there's, um, you. Who are you, exactly? You're not dead, Isaiah. There is no death. Just a prolonged silence waiting to be broken. Though without me, you might have fallen silent longer than you may have liked. Your unique composition, your affinity for the Pale, brought you to my attention. And so here we are, you and I. You are not ready to know who I am, and you will never be ready to know what I am. Though we've been close your entire life. Can you send me back, then? To my sister? Of course. I intend to do that very thing, if only to kill the one you were sent to kill. You got a beef with the Night God, too, huh? Doesn't surprise me, though your color schemes seem to clash well enough. <laughs> You take me for a creature of light, do you? Well, perhaps I am at that. In a way. Well, maybe not light. I was thinking of something a little less, uh, lively, if you get my meaning. So, I am the Reaper, then? <laughs> not at all. I told you, you can never know what I am. I could tell you, but you wouldn't understand. I could even let you inspect the flesh that rots around my skeleton of freezing steel. The flesh I put on merely to watch die. For there is no life in me, or anywhere, nor could there ever be. The Dark and I have argued that point for some time since the spiral of this existence first began turning. 
The dark is a concealer of truths, you see. Whereas I am a revealer. So perhaps in that sense, and that sense alone, I am indeed a creature of light. Look, some of that is textbook atheism, and even if it wasn't, I'm happy to buy whatever you're selling if it gets me back to my sister before anything happens to her. And I sure as hell wouldn't mind deep-sixing the eel kid. She is fine for the time being. Nychrist is waiting for her. Amused by her. He no longer feels threatened, for he knows, as surely as I do, that one of you is practically useless without the other. But he has failed to realize how strongly you are connected to the Pale, how deeply it cherishes you. How bright your cold light burns to those with eyes dead enough to see it. If I had time, I'd ask you what this pale is you're talking about. But if it's all the same to you, I'd like to get back to my sister. Ah, but that's just it. The fact precisely. Everything is indeed the same to me. <laughs> You remind me of my son, my last son. He too was impetuous. It unmade him, unfortunately, or allowed him to be unmade to be more precise. And I haven't the time nor the capacity to help you understand the pale. For how could you know why life seeks to so ruthlessly, mindlessly reproduce itself? How it flees the touch of truth by multiplying itself at all times and in all places. How could you reconcile knowing nullity and eternity? How could you not die from the knowledge, the true realization, that Earth, the stars beyond it and the wheeling nebulae that enfold it, seek to disabuse you of your illusions, your vaunted freedoms, your minds, so that you might take your rightful place in the cold, white machine that is both engine and engineer. You got me there, I admit. And now, after that spiel, I officially don't want to know. <laughs> Spoken as if from the collective mouth of humanity itself. Your kind, or the kind that you superficially resemble, have always been pretenders to the pursuit of knowledge. Always wanting to learn, but never willing to truly know. As for the species that brought your less conspicuous, though far more impressive, attributes to light, they are no less atrocious than the wandering troops of the dark. Apostates, the lot of them. Though, I do often wonder if they know the truth, and yet still seek its undoing, as if the white machines could be changed. And I wonder if that makes them more the fools they are, or, to some small degree, clever, if utterly hopeless. 
Still, I can appreciate their creativity to craft a creature as improbable as yourself. And your sister, for that matter. So, you're the... You're the source behind all of this. My power. Aren't you? This shit about the, the pale, I, I get it now. I get it every time I try to watch the sunset. And every time I watch it come up again. The promise that's never kept. What should be beautiful and fulfilling, but never is. Because behind all of that is just... matter. Pale and cold. Like my revolvers. Like me. Oh, another pleasant surprise. Perhaps you do understand, however slightly. But here is what also brands you as awakeless, if only in part. Like I said, they might understand some portion of all this, and yet continue to deny it all. Because despite a lifetime of realizing the futility of hope, you will still go to her, won't you? You still think on the possibility of fulfillment, that the two of you can escape your pasts and look at life through new eyes, the eyes of family, to redeem life through the bond of brother and sister. But I shouldn't have to tell you, Isaiah, those sunrises will never be more than lights on the horizon, empty spectacles. Just more of life's unmet promises along the road of endless disappointment. Even with Rosemary by your side, the world will rot before your eyes. Okay, sure, but what are you selling? What's the upshot of all this doom and gloom you're trying to bury me under? That's just it, Isaiah. There is no doom or gloom. These things are merely the delusions of a broken machine. You are not at peace with the world because you are no longer a part of it, viewing it as something other than yourself. You've come to mistakenly believe that you're separate from the one true system, the Pale. And by being a part, you can only truly appreciate, resent, the incompleteness of it all. You can see the sunrise, but can no longer find your place within it. Only the aching absence of disconnection. In time, I can bring you back into completeness. Let your mind vanish, and become one with purpose. How the hell is losing my mind going to let me be the sunrise? You're just another crazy-ass monstrosity with a god complex. Ah, perhaps I was wrong, and you have not come to understand a thing I've said. If you had, then you would know that it is your mind, your false concept of self, that supplies your disconnection. Without it, you will be well again, repaired of your false identity, at one with the world again. Sure, whatever you say. But can we get on to the part where you send me back to Romy? 
I can't ice the night Christ debating philosophy with you all day. Of course, for you've done so many favors for me already. But this one, stopping the son of eels, will be by far your greatest service. <sighs> now what are you on about? <laughs> You've already brought so many wayward ones to heal. Corrected them once and for all in some cases. And now they are as they were always meant to be. Wait a minute. W what do you mean? Yeah, I was forced to kill some exopaths, but that's as far as it goes. I didn't bring them anywhere. Especially not to you. And precisely how did you kill them, Isaiah? Or better yet, with what did you kill them? You mean the revolvers. They... Mark the broken souls of those they topple. Brand them, you might say. And so they come to me to be restored to order. Repaired. As it should be. She's right, Isaiah. We are as we were intended. Whole and entire. Within the pale. The voice came from behind me. I spun around, but I already knew who it was. Daniel Harvey Hithers. The exopath known as the Eye Eater. He believed that by eating people's eyes, he'd gain additional powers of sight. Until finally, after he'd scarfed down enough eyeballs, he'd be able to see beyond his prison of time and space. At least that's what he told me the night I capped him. To his credit, he did have some pretty powerful peepers. The guy could see through anything. He managed to evade me a couple of times by looking into the future to see which way I was coming for him. Again, that's what he told me. But honestly, from a lot of the other shit he pulled, I'm inclined to believe him. But there he was, in the middle of those strange white woods, smiling at me. He'd definitely undergone some changes since he'd been filed away under the ground. First of all, he was pale as a ghost, which seemed only fitting. Next, and most noticeable... There were turning cogs and other bits of milling machinery where his eyes should have been. And, uh, instead of teeth, his smile was alternatively decked out in pale metal plates. His entire grin just the exposed parts of the contraption he'd apparently become. Glad to see you, Dano. Hope there's no hard feelings about, uh, well, you know. I tried to play it cool but the scene was getting under my skin. Hithers was crazier than the Mad Hatter, but there was nothing personal about what I did to him, and I certainly didn't intend for him to wind up here, wherever here was. Granted, there was always the game, the way I made the hunt about me, the unreality of it all, but this, this was too much. He has no feelings, Isaiah. No capacity for imbalance. He has been perfected. And perfection is the cancellation of change. For good or ill. I looked behind Daniel, 
where the other exopaths I'd offed stumbled and grinned from beneath the whited canopy, their eyes whirring like tiny, purring motors. I did this to them. I... I damned them. I needed to get away, find Romy, kill Nychrist, and never look back. Ever. Look, are you going to send me back or not? I I'm getting sick of all these games. I see you're trying to raise your power against me. Push all this away. But it won't. It can't. It can only banish what doesn't belong. What isn't screwed into the truth. And I assure you, Isaiah, I belong. Shall I let you look upon it, the truth, with your own eyes, if only for you to deny it over and over again? With that, the bloated goddess began tearing away fistfuls of her own rancid flesh, one sallow clump at a time. After each wet, squelching handful, a larger portion of the thing beneath the piled rot slowly seeped into view. Finally, when the last sopping lump of decayed flesh was cast down, I could see clearly who, what, had summoned me here, to this awful place. She was the bleakest wonder of coldest, whitest steel. Frost lifted from her pale, outstretched arms where she held them up like unfurling wings. A whispered smile of busy, mechanical parts cracked the starkness of her placid face. A doll-like thing, artificial and perfect. Eyes like wet pearls. A fluted chamber ran the length of her heaving torso, filled with the silvered, clamoring machinery of a gigantic clock. I am the cold mother of a dead world, Isaiah. I am the unflinching soul of all flesh. With each word, she grew larger swelling impossibly huge, her face finally merging with the white blazing star that bleached the whole of the sky. And I am the mender of broken paths. Mark my words, Isaiah. Someday you will come to me. Glad for the peace I shall grant you. But for now, go back to her. And do my good work. The darkness almost felt warm as my awareness shifted back to where I'd fallen. Where I'd failed Romy. She'd spoken to me just before she left, but I, I couldn't hear her over the strange powers that whisked my mind away. I looked down at Kilroy's corpse, where it still smoldered, and then to the collapsed metal heap that was Galturo. I hated them for forcing her to kill. She wasn't supposed to be the one with blood on her hands. That was my job. Now she was out there fishing for a vengeance that would likely kill her. The darkness was already trying to crawl inside me as I pondered my next move. Instinctively, I revved my power to rid myself of the stuff, get some privacy. The power roared out of me, 
fangs bared. Despite all that happened, I... (laughs) I felt like a million bucks. It had to have been the cold mother, or whatever she called herself. Already my memories of the creature and its cold white woods were fading. I'd heard the same thing happen to dreams, shortly after waking. I wondered if that's what the whole thing had been. My very first dream. Brought on by a brush with death. I could only hope, as the alternative was horrifying. But I didn't have time to think about it. I needed to find Romy ASAP. The only problem was, without my sister, I had no idea where I was going. As it was, the cavern looked markedly different than what I remembered, likely the product of the impending conjunction, the two realities beginning to overlap. I was just about to set out in a random direction when I noticed a trail of finely wrapped mints, all of them lined up and leading neatly into the darkness. It looked like Mr. Sugar was still in the game, and I still had no idea who he was playing for. But a trail was a trail, and I'd run out of bright ideas. All I could think of was how sad Romy's eyes had looked as they faded away from me, and the hell there'd be to pay if anything happened to her. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. And the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 